Today's guest is Chris Jane. Chris Jane is a devoted writer, reader, and traveler. After working for nearly two decades in telecommunications marketing, she made the terribly impractical decision to quit her corporate job and write full-time. Today, she's traded her professional take-me-seriously wardrobe for yoga pants, Ugg slippers, and her laptop. She spends her days blissfully sweating out the writing process in the Dallas area with her dogs, Otis the Shih Tzu, Rocco the Terrier, and Red the Foxy Mutt. Her passion for writing is only matched by her passion for the adventures of travel. In 2008, she let a friend talk her into sleeping outside for the first time in her life when she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. P.S. If you're buying her a gift, she has a penchant for single malt scotch and scarves. Chris, what made you want to live a more creative life? It's interesting. It started, I kind of have two phases, I think, of my creative life. I mean, there's the part that I've always been creative. I've always loved writing. I started writing when I was a little kid. I think I always say my my very first story I ever wrote was as a kid. I wrote a story for, I don't know what grade I was in, fourth grade maybe, fifth grade, about how it was fifth grade, about how Refrigerator Perry got so fat, which dates me. (laughs) I don't know that anybody remembers Refrigerator Perry. I do. Uh, It was like 1985. (laughs) So I've always written stories since I was a, a little kid. It's one of my first, I think, ways that I expressed myself. So there's that piece. Uh, Then there's the sort of what made me want to live a creative life as a quasi-professional, or I should say, I should be, you know, manifesting as a total professional writer and author. And that started almost exactly five years ago. I was just thinking about this the other day because I had a book that came out on Halloween. And five years ago on Halloween was my last day at a corporate job. And I just had reached a point where working in a very big uh, technology company and I was working six days a week because I refused to work seven. And I just thought, is this how I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing these PowerPoints and these spreadsheets? And so I just made a decision to quit that job. I, I initially had thought I was going to quit my job and uh, you know have a path. There's a part of me that's a planner and part of me that's like, let's just do this. So that had like sort of thinking of a plan of how I was going to transition and start writing and all that. And then kind of came back from vacation over Labor Day and said, no, I'm just going to quit. So I quit and decided to take a year and just write books, which was a big kind of decision for me. I think it was prompted in part, my mother had died and you know she died relatively young. She was 63. And I thought, you know, you think you have all this time, but you're not guaranteed time. So you have to think about how you want to spend it. And I just decided I wanted to spend it doing things that were more creative and writing whatever form that took full time. And so that's what I do. I write fiction. And then I also do a little bit of freelancing and have a toe in my old world doing technology writing for some clients. That's a nice blend of things. Um, but so that's, that's the, the real crux of it is I see myself as someone who writes and tells stories for a living, whatever those stories are going to be. Very nice. Do you plan your projects in detail or go with the flow? And why did you make that your process? I do a tiny amount of planning because the first book that I wrote, I did zero planning. I think I'm a natural pantser. 
I did zero planning and I had 40,000 words with no conflict, <laughs> just sort of characters moving around and nothing to push the story forward. And it was so difficult in the editing process to go back and basically rewrite the book. And so now I do a tiny bit of planning up front, just understanding because I write steamy contemporary romance, understanding the hero and the heroine and who they are and what they want. And then what's the crux of their issue that could potentially keep them apart or push them together. And so I map out the conflict of the story first. And so where, where are the hero and the heroine going to rub up against each other um, <laughs> in both a positive and a negative way? <laughs> I try to map that out in advance. That just gives me an overarching, but it's not in like some great detail. I think for a while, you know, you read all those books, you take your pants off, which is a book that I really liked, and a couple of other books. And they, even those are more detailed than I like to get with mapping it out. I just... It's a few sentences. Who's the hero? Who's the heroine? I read a lot of craft books. So, you know, what are their verbs? If you read sort of Damon Suede verbalize and take some of his classes, you know, what are their sort of motivating actions in the world and where are they going to conflict? And I map that out in advance. But the rest of it, what's detailed about the plot just emerges. I might have a sort of spark of an idea that is a scene that I start with sometimes. And so I know at some point they're going to, like right now I'm mapping a book, thinking about a book where I know that I want them to fall in love climbing Kilimanjaro because that's just, that's going to be the thrust of the book. And so I know at some point there's going to be a point of highlight that's going to coincide with reaching the peak of Kilimanjaro. But beyond that, I don't know what, I don't even know who the people are yet, but sometimes I start with who they are. It just depends, but I have to map out the conflict and kind of that in an overarching fashion and then let the characters kind of do what they do. We've sort of answered this one a little bit. What are the pluses and minuses about not having another job? You know, I'm sort of in the middle right now because I, I have a, a main job that I do, um, but it's very flexible. So I feel like I almost have the best of both worlds and anytime I'm tempted to complain about my other sort of quote real job, I stop myself because I can work from home, I have my own hours, I don't usually have to go into the office except maybe you know, a handful of times uh, per year um, that I have to go into the office for something. That is like the ideal, I think, scenario for me. Working full time, it just tends to suck up everything. And I think with my personality, it just drains my mental energy and it would take me forever to, to finish anything. Even when I took that year off and didn't do anything but write, and I sort of told myself, I'm not going to take on a big client or do anything. I'm just going to write fiction. And doing that in about 15 months, maybe, I finished four books and I think about the pace that some people, especially in this sort of steamy contemporary space, the pace that others write, and they have full-time jobs and they pump out like a book every couple of months. And I'm realizing I'm never going to be that person. So if I had a regular full-time job, I think I would have like a book every two years, probably. I am not the fastest writer either. So I try to get things done well ahead of time, knowing that I'm going to get to a part and it's just going to have to simmer for a bit. 
and then I'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, it's, it's hard to like allow yourself. I think the market right now is so, you know, the Amazon algorithm should run your life. And it's like, if the Amazon algorithm basically ran my life, which meant that I would have to publish at this pace, I would be a crazy person. And I don't know that Jeff Bezos is ever going to compensate me for being crazy. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've, it's like a big realization probably in the last two years that I'm going to have to adapt my goals for my writing career to my life and not the other way around. It does seem a much more sensible and sustainable approach. Right. And, and also just realizing that it's actually pretty, it would be, it's hard to tell myself, oh, that would be impossible, but it would be impossible for me to write at that sort of rapid publication pace. I, I just, I, I think it's physically impossible for me to do that. So I, I, you know, have to come to grips with what actually works for me. And, you know, the goal of all of this is to be happy and creatively fulfilled anyway. And so other people write fast and they're proud of their books. And my editor, she writes extremely fast and her books are wonderful. My books would not be wonderful if I wrote that fast. It's a good thing to know about yourself, to know what your comfortable limitations are and what works. Exactly. What is something no one else knows about you that you wish other people knew and appreciated? That is such a hard question because it's so contextual for me. I wish my readers knew how much, how much energy I put into caring about what they read, how much it matters to me, what the books, you know, how people receive the books. And I have, tend to have a very strong, I may meander, but I tend to have a very strong sort of idea of like why I wrote a particular book and what I want the characters to sort of say and so I think from that perspective, that's what I wish people would know. And then beyond that, kind of along the lines of what we just talked about, where there's such a personal approach to even the process of writing. And so to understand the pace of writing and what that is for each individual person. I had a couple of, of uh, readers contact me about, uh, there was a book I had planned and saying, hey, you know, when is that book coming out? And it's like, well, it didn't so much happen in the pace that I thought it was going to. And I ended up sort of writing something else instead and all that. So I think um, understanding, I, I wish that as far as readers are concerned, that they understood that I'm, I'm working on it and working on producing something that I hope they will want ha be happy to read. What are some of your favorite inspiration prompts, productivity tools, or creative routines? This has sort of shifted lately. One of my things that helped me finish my last book, because I also write for what I do for a living, outside of writing fiction, I being hunched over the computer is really hard for me. So I've been playing with different kinds of dictation tools. And I have Dragon on my computer, and that does help when I'm in a crunch. But my brain to mouth the thinking process there is just not as easy and in flow as brain to hands with typing. And I think it's just because of how I grew up and, you know, depending on how old you are, you maybe you grew up handwriting, maybe you grew up typing. My dad's a computer programmer. So we had computers and stuff in the house from the time I was really young. 
like punch cards in the basement kind of young. And so my brain to hands is, is very like in flow. But I've been playing with different dictation tools from Dragon to something called Otter on my phone where I can sort of roll over in the morning and turn on Otter and just start talking and it transcribes what I say, and then I can copy and paste that into Scrivener. With Scrivener is what I use as my writing tool. I just love that I can write and move things around and you know, pluck out whole sections and paste them into another document. It's all contained. I find writing in Scrivener much easier than writing in like a word processing uh, application. So uh, probably those things, They're figuring out some of the dictation tools uh, and then also using Scrivener. And then on the production side, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have Vellum and I had to like pay somebody every single time I made a change to my book, you know, changing the back matter and all that stuff. It's, the, it's like worth to me when authors are debating or whatever. I'm like, it's worth getting a MacBook, even a used one or, you know, people who run Mac on their PCs find ways to do that. It's completely worth it when you think about what you pay to have somebody format the books, especially doing the print formatting. It's just so easy. You are not the person I've spoken to that has had Vellum very high on their list of completely necessary tools. Yes, it is. Complete. In fact, I wonder like why nobody, because it's been a while now, why there's not anything that sort of competes with Vellum because it's such a just phenomenal tool and there's probably space for some other tool that offers something that Vellum maybe doesn't offer. Not that I know what that is, but um, that's for some software developer to figure out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what three things do you wish you'd known earlier in your creative journey? One, I wish that I had thought more clearly about because I self-publish about all the different advice in the past year, I've gone through a couple of classes with like Becca Syme and some others that have said, you know, you need to tailor your approach to what your baseline personality is and be real with who you are and what's going on in your life. And I think that a lot of the stress that I feel from even other authors about the writing process and marketing, even if they're traditionally published, many times have to do their own marketing. A lot of that is about trying to take every piece of advice that comes your way without filtering it through a process of, is this actually something that I need to be doing though? Like, do I need to be on Snapchat and TikTok? Is that where my readers are? Is that even something I'd ever want to be doing? you know, with like a cat nose on my face. So, you know, the cat nose and Snapchat may work for somebody else and that's great, but there's no reason why I have to do it. I think that's, that's probably the number one thing, whether it's the writing or the marketing piece. And then I, you know, I think it's all kind of different variations of that same thing of just being very individual and personal with my plans, my goal setting and everything and allowing myself to not get either distracted or feel pulled by things that are not natural to who I am as a person. I don't know if that's three. That might just be two. That's still enough. I think you've hit the important ones and, and that's what matters. What is the latest tool or resource you've discovered? The Otter one is probably the latest. I'm also, I can't remember the name of it, but there are several tools that are designed for focus. There are apps on your phone or on your computer 
whether it's like Pomodoro and things like that, that allow you to sort of set a timer and say, okay, I'm going to knock out 25 minutes or 30 minutes on a, you know, of complete and total focus or sort of, they're not really meditation apps, but things that play background music that are designed to help you focus. I'm not in like writing mode right now. I'm in editing and, and marketing mode. But when I get back into writing mode in another couple of weeks, I'm going to start experimenting with that, like throwing on the headphones and seeing if it doesn't help me focus some of those kinds of tools. I don't know the names of them off the top of my head right now, but there's tons of, of things like that. Even there's free things on YouTube that you can sort of listen to that help you kind of tune out the outside world. If you're that kind of person, I'm the kind of person who like needs to block off a couple hours at a time to really go into what I'm writing versus somebody who can sit down, write for 15 minutes and then go do something else and then come back and 15 minutes later, write again. I tend to need like blocks of time to process what I'm writing. And so those kinds of tools I'm looking into right now. I've used Brain FM for focus music, background noise, I suppose. And I've liked it. You can set different times of 30 minutes or an hour or two hours and different kinds of themes for the music, I suppose. Yeah, that's one of them that somebody had recommended. And so I was just looking at them briefly last week, but I was, I was traveling. So it's kind of like somebody mentioned it and I looked it up and I'm like, oh, I should look deeper into that. But you, you've, you like it. You find that it's really helpful. I do like it. It has different settings, you know, for focus or relax or whatever. And I think pretty much I always use focus. Right. And I think it helps some. And I'll take every little bit of help I can get when I'm doing sprints. Right. So that's one thing, like writing sprints. I do them when I do writing retreats with other authors. I have one coming up in a couple of weeks. And um, they're like, okay, sprint. And and there's something about the word sprint that makes my brain lock up. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be sprinting. But definitely blocking off uh, times to focus, even if I'm just sort of sitting and thinking. Oh, so that's another thing I would would add is to count my thinking time as writing time. You know, that word count is not the only measure of being productive as a writer. I think you have to have that world building and problem solving time where you don't have anything for your characters to to do final question what project or message do you want to tell listeners about today I just had a book uh, that came out um, on Halloween and I write steamy contemporary this is the first book I've written that has sort of a slight paranormal element to it And I think it's just because I've gotten very into sort of like mystical occult kind of stuff like tarot cards and psychics and and mediums and that sort of starting to show up in a couple of plans that I have for books. And it shows up in this book, sort of the central heroine of the book is a psychic medium and she begins to get messages from the beyond that impact kind of how the story moves forward. So it's called Kisses and Kismet and it came out on Halloween it has an interesting tone, so it's a slight departure from maybe some of the other books that I've written. But I'm, I'm really sort of, of course, everybody likes their own book, but I'm really proud of it. So it's Kisses and Kismet came out on Halloween. And then I have a couple of holiday stories that launch in a couple of weeks. One is called Christmas for Two, and the other is called Snowbound Siren. 
And uh, so those will be out mid-month. And then I have another short, those are short novellas. And then I have another novella coming out called Friends with a Tryst in January. So I kind of stored up a lot of stuff. And now I have several things kind of coming out back to back. But all of that is on my website, chrisjane.com. And um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all those sorts of things too. Fantastic. I'll make sure to have a link to the website in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me and have a lovely rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Pants On or Off, all about creators and the creative process. If you'd like to suggest a guest for a future show, please drop by ellenwynbooks.com forward slash guests. Now, go out there and make something fantastic.